And for those who have a listening ear, I want to give you, uh, I want to give you some instruction this morning. I want to also thank God for those that are uh, in the pulpit. Every pastor and deacon, thank you. And I do understand that it's your father's. Is it his 89th birthday today? 81st birthday today? Amen. 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 Now I'm going to tell you, I do plan on stealing him. I uh, talked to him a couple of days on the phone, and I couldn't put the phone down. He was uh, so full of wisdom, and uh, he just fed my spirit. So I asked him for permission. I didn't ask you, Pastor. I should have. I apologize. But I asked him for permission. Can I call you and talk to you? And he did give me permission, so I, I apologize for being out of order with that, Pastor. Amen. But thank God, he's, he's a gift. Amen. Listen, if you're a good student of the word, you check out your iPhone, your, your iPad, uh, your Samsung Galaxy Note, your pen and paper if you're old school, it doesn't matter. Just to take a few notes because constant review is the student's glue. And this is what I learned according to the word of God, that there is no, uh, there's no distance in the spirit. And God is also not obligated to repeat himself. He may give you some biblical instructions in a moment and in time. And you may go back and say, what did God say on that day and at that time? And you may not remember. But if you jot it down, if you jot it down, you may go back uh, as a point of reference. I just want you to quickly write at the top of your notes, uh, let's keep going. Look at your neighbor and say, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Look at your other neighbor and say, let's keep going. Let's keep going. I want to turn quickly to the word of God in the book of Philippians, chapter 3, verses 14 through 16. The book of Philippians, chapter 3, verses 14 through 16. I'm going to read it in the King James Version, then I'm going to diverge and read it in the Contemporary English Version. And if it is your custom to stand, let's stand uh, as we read the word of God. Amen. This is the word of God to the greatest apostle in the word of God. This is Paul's word to the church at Philippi. He begins in verse 13 and says, brethren, anytime you see the word brethren, he's talking to the church, to the ecclesia, to the called out ones. Called out ones, I count not myself to have apprehended. But this one thing I do, somebody say this one thing. This one thing. Forgetting those things which are behind. Right. Reaching forth unto those things which are before. Right. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling mm -hmm. of God in Christ Jesus. Somebody say that this is a high calling we call it. Verse 15, the word of God reads, Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. And if anything you be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Verse 16, nevertheless, whereto we have already attained, let us walk by the same room, let us mind the same thing. Really quickly, I want to go into the contemporary English version. It says in verse 13, my friends, I don't feel that I have already arrived, but I forget what is behind, and I struggle for what is ahead. I run toward the goal so that I can win the prize of being called to heaven. This is the prize that God offers because of what Christ Jesus has done. All of us who are mature should think in this same way. And if you think differently, God will make it clear to you. 
But we must keep going. We must keep going. We must keep going. We must keep going in the direction that we are now headed. The word of the Lord has been blessed. You may be seated. Amen. I want to talk to you really quickly about the importance, the importance to keep going, the importance to keep going, the importance to keep going. I was reading a story the other day, and I am always impassioned uh, by the testimony of those who've gone before me, and I'm always studying those who have had what you would consider success traits, whatever success would be. And uh, uh, there was this story that I'm reminded of. There was this, this individual, this little boy, and he was about uh, eight years of age, and he was in school. And while he was in school, uh, his teacher said that he had a learning deficit. He had a learning problem. And uh, the teachers didn't really know how to handle this kid. So what they would do is they would sit this kid, this kid to the back of the room. And they would separate him from his classmates. And all of his classmates began to see that there was something different about this kid. There was something peculiar and strange about this child. And to the avoidance of his teachers, this kid began to lose hope. He began to be depressed and go into despair. And one day his teacher, finally coming to the conclusion that she could not teach this kid, began to sit at her desk and draft a letter. She began to write out a letter to this kid's mother. And in the letter she wrote, I need your son to stay home. We no longer can educate him. He does not have the ability to learn. So the kid takes this letter and he packs it into his backpack. He has no idea that his teacher has given up on him. He has no idea that the school system has failed him. So he takes the letter, puts it into his backpack, and he skips home excited that another day has come. His mother grabs his backpack, always excited to hear the stories that her son has to tell about school. And she pulls the letter out of his backpack. She takes the letter and she reads it. And tears begin to fall from her face as she reads the letter. And this little boy, knowing the intentions of his mother's heart, he's always able to capture the expressions of how his mother feels and knowing that something is terribly wrong with my mother. The tears are dripping from her face as she's looking at the letter and she's looking at her son. She's looking at the letter and she's looking at her son. And the, and the son, knowing something is wrong, he blurts out, Mom, please tell me what the teacher wrote about me. His mother takes the letter and she reads the letter and she says, Son, your teacher wrote me a letter about your education. And he says, Mom, what does the letter say? And she says, the letter says that we are no longer able to educate your son because he's too smart for us. You're going to have to educate him yourself. The books that we have aren't articulate enough, aren't intellectual enough, and we can't help him. His mom takes the letter and tucks it into her park pocket and begins to educate her son. Her son all of a sudden has this expression as the sun is shining forth in the noonday. He says, I'm special. 
I'm special. His mom uh, 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 begins to teach him and, and instruct him and, and ask the Lord for wisdom and how to raise him. And he becomes a, a powerful and intellectual and, and smart and astute young man. And one day this young man, mother passes away. And he's rumbling and pillaging through her stuff, trying to find little small memoirs of, of, of things that can remind him of his mother. And all of a sudden, he peeks into the second drawer. And out of this drawer, uh, he sees the letter that his teacher wrote. He begins to read the letter. And tears began to fall from his face. And he read the words of the teachers who had given up hope on him. He believed. That at this time that his mother really cared for him because she didn't give in to what they said. But at the bottom of the letter is what I want to solidify into your spirit. All right. It says in the bottom of the letter, now that you found what they really said about you and overcome the odds, I need you to keep going. That young man that I'm talking about just happened to be Thomas Edison, one of the most brilliant inventors ever in history. Some of you may have gotten a letter from life that has written you off, that has told you that you won't make it, that you won't sustain. They've already categorized you. They put your church in a box. They've taken your name out of the number. But I've been come, I've been sitting by here this morning to tell the church to keep going. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor to keep going. There is something that has crept into God's house, into God's church. I call it spiritual trauma. We all know what's been happening because of the pandemic. There's some things that have come into God's house uh, that we need to uh, get rid of today so that we can keep going. The last 18 months have created a sort of panic for the church as though God is aloof or that God is apathetic or that he doesn't see what's going on. No, God's eyes are over the righteous. The word of the Lord says in Psalm 24, the earth is the Lord's. There is nothing that God is trying to catch up to. God is not a reactionary God. Isaiah said it this way, I am the one that establishes the end from the beginning. There is nothing catching God by surprise. As a matter of fact, our God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He stands outside of time, puts purpose inside of a man, places him in past, present, and future, and then walks him into his destiny. There's nothing about coronavirus that surprises God. And if we're not careful, we can believe the report of the we can become stagnant and our churches can suffer as a consequence. There is something, church, that has plagued the souls of mankind. It has impeded our faith. It wants to uh, hinder our hope. The hope of Christ is in the place. Sometimes you can get traumatized by what's happening and keep your eye off the prize. You can forget the destination. Oh, I want you to know, a church, Baptist, Temple Baptist, church, your, 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 your vision and mission is still alive. He that has begun a good work and you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. You can't forget the destination. Somebody say, don't forget the destination. Oh, no, you can't let spiritual trauma make you fall into despair. Our hope is not in the vaccine. Thank God for the vaccine. Our hope is not in the government. Thank God for the government. But the Bible says the government shall be upon 
Jesus Christ showed us. This is not hype. This is the hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You got to be careful for spiritual trauma will make you forget the destination. It'll make you fall into despair. It'll make you forget your first love. Anybody remember when Jesus was all you needed? I love the old, I love the old saints, you know, I, I, I grew up real hard, real tough, and, and the psalmist was up here singing how, uh, how uh, you thought we were worth saving, and, and, and there was a time uh, that we could have not had clothes and, and not had shoes, that was me, I, I, there was, I didn't have clothes, and didn't have shoes, and slept on park benches, and ate out of trash cans. I've been in the bed of, of suicide and depression before and, and wasn't in church and didn't really halfway know God where there would be this overwhelming presence that would come over me and say, Antoine, I am saving you for such a time as this. And I want to tell you, church, I know you may have lost some people in a pandemic. You may have lost some money in a pandemic. You may have lost your house in a, in a pandemic. But I'm telling you, you are still chosen for such a time as this. There is a reason that is still in your life. Yeah. We can't yeah. say me, my four, and no more. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Why don't you say it today? I know that. I, 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 I hear this, uh, uh, Pastor, I can get what I need to get from God uh, at home. You know, I don't need to tune in on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. I don't need to connect with, with the deacons. I don't I don't need to connect with the church. And, and, and when I hear that, I already know you're missing it. Yeah. It's not about what you can get, baby, but it's about what you can also get. We are, we are uh, crying and complaining about the problems of the church and not even understanding that we are the problem solvers. See, yeah. baby, if you stay away from the congregation yeah. and your gift is not able to be activated, yeah. where is the young lady, uh, the, the mother in the church who has to gift the mercy? So for when the young lady walks into church and she's had a baby out of wedlock and she feels guilty about what she's done, but she wants to restore herself back into God's house, but everybody's pointing their finger. Everybody's being judgmental, but the sister who asked the gift of mercy, who said, baby, come on, I know you made a mistake. I can tell you I've been there before. Come on, say it to it. If you're not around, somebody say, we need every gift. We need Lottie, Somebody's looking at me by Facebook and God has been dealing with your heart to come back and connect to this church. You need to come on back yeah. home. Oh, it can't be left in the hands of a few. No, you got to come back and help do the word. Yes, yes Lord. Right. Glory. Oh, Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, listen. You can't forget the destination. You can't fall into despair. I'm almost out of your hand. You can't forget your first love. We can't fail to help each other. Listen, and you can't find it unfruitful to finish. You can't believe that if you keep working that God is not going to do anything. God is not unrighteous to forget your labor of love. That's his promise. I think one of the worst things that we can tell the church oh, is that when you when you're born again, nothing bad is gonna happen to you. No, 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 no. If Jesus, if Jesus, 100 percent God, 100 percent man, had to endure yeah, the pain yeah, yeah. of the cross, yeah. if he had to endure the nails yeah. through his hand, the spikes yeah. on his, if he had to endure, he learned obedience through the things that he suffered. What makes you think that bad stuff not gonna happen to you? No, but this is the promise. Listen, God don't have to stop the storm to save you. He can keep the storm going and save you right now. The storm. He don't have to stop the rain in your life. He can put an umbrella right over you while you walk right through the rain. Where everybody else is complaining and everybody else is crying and everybody else is whining. They'll wonder how in the world are you still making it? How are you still walking? How are you still breathing? They thought it was the villain that saved you. They didn't know that it was Almighty God that was sustaining you in the world. church and say that it's not worth it. I don't care what the government says. I don't care what the politician says. I don't care what the school system says. His word cannot be changed. Neither can it be altered. And last but not least, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to give you all F's because I like mnemonic devices to help you remember. Listen, we can't forego the future. 
There's a generation behind us <coughs> that the devil wants. Yeah. He's infiltrated their music. He's infiltrated yeah. the school system and some churches he's infiltrated. Yeah. Listen, if we lay down right now, if we quit right now, it's not just you that will suffer the consequences, but it's your children and your grandchildren who need the hope of God. We can't lay down right now. If there was any time, any time that we needed to fight for the gospel, if we needed to fight for the church, the time is now. You know you right. Amen. I was on my way here. Well, I was on my way here. Yeah. And if I couldn't, if I didn't divulge the name, I would show you the text so you, you don't think I'm fabricating information. This young boy texts me. He says, my Annie is beating me right now with a clothes hanger. And he showed me the welts on his arm. And I say, God, my heart has already been broken this last couple weeks from what's going on. Why, why would you allow me to see this before I get up and preach? And he wanted to remind me, you got to stay the course. You got to stay on your assignment. You got to stay on your watch. Because there's a generation that needs you to keep going. Why are you praying for somebody else to do it? Oh, Lord, 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 use me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. 
I want to hear another prayer line and we praying for other people to do something that we not doing. Or pastor included. I'm always evaluating my life and saying, Pastor, where, where, where can you help? And I promise, I live every day of my life like it's the last. I try to fit everything I can with every minute I got. I don't want to be crying and asking, Oh, Lord, send help. Lord. He's like, well, well, what are you going to do? Yeah. 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 Oh, oh, you got That's the education. It. You still got your good health. Yeah. All right. You got a vehicle. Yeah. You help. Yeah. Yeah. I say, this is one thing I do. I'm in action. I'm in movement. Go ahead. Look at your neighbor say, keep moving. He said, this one thing that I do. Right? So we have to act. We have to act. Acting means that I have to continue my focus and vision. And not forfeit the mission. Continue my vision, my focus, and not abort the mission. This doesn't mean that I have to reinvent myself. No, the, no, the church don't have to reinvent itself. I, I keep hearing people say that we got to reinvent. We got to. No, we don't. We just got to rediscover ourselves. Yeah. 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 The power been in the church. Yeah. 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 Never left. You know you're right. Hallelujah. Mm. I have to have a vision. The church. Baptist Simple Baptist Church, whatever church you belong to, already has a vision. You need to get with your church and say, Pastor, what's the vision? What's the mission? I want to hook up to it. Because I want to do. Stay right there. And you can't just have one for the church. You got to have one for your own life. Fathers, if you listening to me, don't have a family in these seasons and not know where you're taking them. Yeah. And when I say vision, I'm not talking about a function of the eyes, but I'm talking about the matter of the heart. Yeah. Where is God saying that we're going in 2021 and 2022? Yeah. I've gotten it written out. Why would I do that, Pastor? Because the back gave us the instruction. Write the vision. Make it plain so that the person who reads it can run with it. You got to read it to run. Somebody say, keep going. Keep going. Oh, yeah, we got to keep going. Hallelujah. Listen, I got to act, and then I got to avoid going back. Paul says in verse 13, I forget those things which are behind. Now, forgetting those things which aren't behind doesn't mean that you don't remember what happened. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, I, I married a guy on Friday and buried his mother on Saturday. I remember that very clearly. But what Paul is prescribing us here is the things that have happened to us in the past 18 months. I don't use those things to make me give up and quit and go back to where I used to be. I'm not, uh oh, let me turn this way. I'm not going back to shrinking. I'm not going back to adultery. I'm not going back to fornication. I'm not going back. I'm going back to Big Baby Bell's Club. I'm going to stay right here and keep my feet. The pandemic gives us all the excuse to lose yeah. our mind, yeah. to quit, to say there is no hope. Yeah. But listen, ladies and gentlemen, we stand before a great cloud of witnesses. Yeah. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 says, 
who went through way worse than we did. They were going through persecutions. Did you know, young people, that the disciples, they didn't just die and get buried? These people had their heads cut off yeah. in the name of Jesus. These people were bored alive. They had their skin ripped off them. And the Bible says that they were marching, singing sing, uh, uh, psalms and hymns on their way to death, saying, thanks be to God, I'm finally going to see my Savior. We get a light bill cut off and we panic. Don't panic, baby. Just tell your children we about to have prayer in the dark. This ain't your first cut off notice. Is he God or not? Has he gotten you through this before? He'll do it again. But you can't go back. Baptist Temple Baptist Church, don't go back. We only going forward. He's giving you this man of God a forward-thinking pastor. I looked on Facebook. I got jealous. I said, ooh, look how pastor on there. He got his little video clips on there. It's just, it just next-level ministry. Amen, amen. Y'all laugh, but I know some churches that didn't open because they pastor didn't want to go get on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Didn't want to get online. So th th nobody knows they're there. Yeah. It's not your pastor. Right. Amen. Oh, I thought you'd get more, more hand clapped than that. Yeah. I mean, that ain't easy. Some of us ain't used to standing in front of no camera. Listen, you can't go back. Right? And, and, and don't let those things paralyze you or plateau you. You got to grow. Yeah. Don't let it make you prideful into thinking that if you still made it, if you hear that it was something that you did, it wasn't, baby. It was the grace of God. Yeah. 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 And then use the moment to promote yourself. This is, this is how this is how the favor of God rests on my life. I'm just going gonna, gonna, gonna to help somebody. Listen, I ain't never been the smartest. I, I, I'm probably from the worst neighborhood uh, uh, in my community right in Florida. And so I'm, I've always been the black sheep. And, you know, I stuttered and I dropped out in the eighth grade. You know, I, I didn't have what most people had. But this is what I learned. I learned that God will—he loves people who will step up when others step back. Yeah. I learned that you get promotion just do what other people won't do. So I used to be at my church. And I was assistant pastor for ten years, and I would wait for people not to do something. I look at the grass and they ain't cut the grass yet. So I get that zero degree turn more, and I get out there and cut twenty acres of land. And I see that people didn't want to clean the bathrooms. And right before I get up to preach, I would go in the bathrooms and I'd use my hands and I'd clean the stall and I wipe the urinals and I see that people didn't want to help the kids so I do it. They didn't want to volunteer that weekends so I would do it. And I noticed that God started favoring me. So you don't have to be smart. You don't have to be intelligent. Listen, the best ability is availability. There's no excuse. Jesus looked at his disciples and said, y'all little boys, y'all arguing about who's going to be the greatest. Yeah. And you're looking at yourself and you're thinking, uh, because you can articulate, because you can cast out demons, because you have this great prayer language, that because you walk in such a prowess that you think that's what I'm looking at. He said, let me rearrange yeah. your perspective. That's now how it works in the kingdom of God. If you want to be great, you got to go down. You got to go so low that you got to be able to wash somebody else's feet. You got to be able to walk into their home and cook a meal for somebody who can't cook a meal for themselves. You got to be able to take that extra pair of high heels, I mean, pair you need, walk over to her house and bless her with it. Listen, you got a little overflow. You got to be able to walk across into the community and say, listen, I just wanted to bless y'all with this. You got to go real low if you want to go real high. God, Jesus says the greatest among you is the one who can take off their shoes and get dirty. Yeah. 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 You know what? You better come.
to one who can serve. Somebody say, I'm a servant. I'm a servant. Right. So, so we got to be looking for promotion. My promotion comes through serving. So find somewhere to serve. Find somewhere to serve. Listen, number three, you, you got to have an aim. Don't wander around trying to figure out what's going on. No, you get an aim. Paul says, I reach for. Yeah, that's it. He told uh, the children of Israel in Exodus 14 and 15, he said, why are you crying to me? He said, no, go forth. Pharaoh and his army behind them, the Sinai desert to the left, the wilderness to their right, the Red Sea in front of them, and they panicked and became paralyzed and scared. God said, why are you crying? Go forth! I know what the doctor told you, but go forth anyway. Come on now. Yes, yes, yes. That's all right. Hallelujah. Somebody say, go forth. You got to go forth. Paul says, I'm aiming at a prize and a mark. Last but not least, we got to agree. Right. Verse 16 said, Paul right. said, let us mind the same thing. Listen, yeah. we battle together. Yeah. Time out for yeah. us over here, you over there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to get in trouble. I like when I get in trouble. That's all right. Stay right, right there. Way. Listen, this is me. This ain't got nothing to do with your pastor, no other pastor. This is what God told me. I don't have members. Thank I got four. Hold on. One, three back there. Everybody else are God's children. Amen. And I belong to the body of Christ. Amen. And I should be able to go from Dream Big Leadership Church to Baptist Temple Baptist Church and serve the same God. Yeah. One of the things the pandemic has tried to do is separate us. When last time you seen your sister at the other church? Your ain't at the other. We got to come together and do it. Paul said, let this mind be in you that we're going to do it together. We battle together. No one church has it all. Why y'all think I'm watching Pastor Allen on Facebook? I'm getting something I don't have. That's all right. We got to do it together. Somebody say do it together. And we got to remember, that's our close. Our reward is here on earth, and a crown of righteousness is laid up for us in heaven. Yes, Lord. I want to remind somebody as I go to my seat. That there is nothing, nothing that God will not do for his children. Amen. Thank you. Yeah. There's nothing that he won't do for you. Amen. I was sitting in my dorm room <laughs> contemplating whether I should stay on earth. And then I felt the power of God come visit me. And I began to write. It was my way of healing. And I heard this, and I want to share this with somebody who may have been in my position. This is what came to my heart. I heard, I had no hope. I was undone. My heart was black as night. 
But God, the Holy Spirit, he came on me. And he shared convicting light. But bless his name, my Savior came. And he took my guilty plea to mighty God, the judge on high. He died to set me free. If I could be a child of God and walk where Jesus led, he did not die instead of me. Hey! But rather in my stead. God bless yeah. you. Yeah. That's all right.